XL, Charlotte Sports Live. Ball spotted back at the 33-yard line. Young hit as he got rid of it. Well, that about sums up the Panthers' season finale, and quite frankly, it sums up their entire season. Carolina gets shut out for the second straight game and fumbles their way into the offseason. Plus, oh my, we are an hour and a half away from the start of the NFL's Black Monday. Carolina already fired its head coach a couple weeks ago. Now more pink lit pink slips are likely on the way. Yeah, not exactly the positive start we were hoping for here on Charlotte Sports Live, but the silver lining is that you get the two of us for a full hour tonight. Michael Satt and Grace Girl with you, and it's it, finally over. Oh my goodness. We love football, <laughs> but this season could barely qualify as football. The Panthers went 2-15. and 15. They now need to hire a head coach and possibly fill even more positions in the weeks ahead. But before we speculate on any of that, I guess we're contractually obligated to show you what happened today. All right, season finale and the Panthers trying to play spoiler for Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Carolina's best look of the day came in the second quarter. Third and four, Bryce Young scrambles and he fires it to a wide open DJ Chark. Touchdown! Who takes it? Yeah, 43 yards. But wait, wait, oh, oh no, no, loses it. And then Jamal Dean recovers it. Now this is initially ruled a touchdown. Touchdown, done deal. But after the review, it is determined that the ball did come loose. The goal line. It's a touchback for Tampa Bay, and the Bucks take over. All right, later in the third quarter, we are still scoreless. Baker Mayfield is going to roll out, and he tosses it to the tight end. Gosh, tight ends are so useful, aren't they? Kate Otten, good for a first down and a 20-yard gain. Panthers defense does hold them to just a field goal on that drive. 3-0 Bucks. Fourth quarter, Bucks now lead at 6 Exciting nothing. Game. Chase Edmonds takes the handoff. Hey, shout out 7-1-7. I grew up with that guy. He takes it up for a 21-yard gain. It would lead to another field goal for the Bucks to make it a 9-0 game. So no way the Panthers get shut out in back-to-back -back games, right, Mike? I know like, what happened. No way. They yeah. just can't. So they go to Raheem Blackshear, 28 yards. He is in for the touchdown. Yay! Let's go. Oh, wait for it. It's called back because of the formation of the Panthers because of course. Yeah, thanks, Strike. All right, so then on the very next play, Bryce Young, we're at, we've, just, we've just seen him so many times this week. He gets stripped back, Bucks recover, and that was essentially the game. Right there. Baker Mayfield clinches the NFC South against his former team in their house, and the Panthers are shut out for the second straight week. And their season comes to an end with a 2-15 record. Carla Gebhardt and Gabe McDonald try to make sense of today from Bank of America Stadium. That's right, guys. we got to talk a little bit more about the latest loss for the Carolina Panthers. The last one to end the season, the Panthers were shut out 9 to nothing by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today. And this is maybe not what we thought would happen. It's certertainly not a shutout. The first to have back-to-back -back yeah. shutouts since 2008 from an NFL team. So that's not a record that you want to meet, uh, but certainly it's just kind of just a gist of yeah. what the season's been like. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you just look at that one play, the DJ Chark fumble, it was just, you know, <laughs> a, a, a bad mistake, a crucial mistake. Yeah. But that play literally kind of sums up the season that we've had. He makes a great play in space, is able to almost get in, but he fumbles going out the back of the end zone. So that's, you know, that would have got our lone points on the board, but it's unfortunate. Back-to-back -back shutouts, like you mentioned, just not the kind of production that we wanted to see out of the offense. Of course, I think the elements, the win had a little bit to do with that. Bryce Young only threw the ball 18 times. So I know some people would have liked to see more shots down the field. Did see a little bit more running of the ball, but just um, 
another you know bad offensive performance for the team, and it's not what you want to kind of go into the offseason. No. You want to have a little bit of momentum, some optimism. Of course, now is going to be a lot of time to reflect, but you would have liked to have ended with a little bit of a better taste in your mouth. Yeah, certainly some optimism around Bryce Young. Yeah. And I think, I mean, honestly, for a lot of fans, I think you see that he's not getting enough protection up front. Sure. Obviously, the weapons around him, um, they were down a little bit of bodies as, as wide receiver, yeah. and said maybe that's a reason they didn't want to air it out. But Thomas Brown also told us earlier this week that they really weren't going to take those chunk plays. Sure. I think they maybe wanted to play it safe. I'm not really sure why. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned the ground game, over 130 yards rushing. Um, that's maybe a bright spot, I yeah. guess, is that they kind of went back to what was maybe successful for them at times yeah. this season. Um, but not a lot to really build upon next season. If anything, I think you look at this season and you think, let's just start completely over. Yeah. Let's get our quarterback um, and, and move forward. No, there's going to be a lot of change. Of course, we got a new staff coming in as well. You want to be able to basically bring in a staff, find a scheme that best fits this team, or you retool the offensive line. Obviously, you have a lot of guys up there that could be moved around, but you want to be able to put your rookie quarterback. He's your prize possession. Right. You made the that franchise. trade to go up and get him. You have to put him in the best position to succeed. And like you mentioned, that probably leads to this team doing a lot of moving around offensively, defensively as well. We'll get to them in a little while, but you got to get some more weapons around this guy because Chris Tabor talked about it after the game. We'll hear from him soon. He's gonna, he says he's going to have a great career. you just got to be able to put the right guys around him in order to build this team. And that's what we want to see, right? Yeah. And I think we're going to see probably some moves in the next couple of days, yeah. certainly a lot of moves this offseason. And, of course, we'll keep you updated here on Charlotte Sports Live and Queen City News. But you mentioned Chris, Chris Tabor and what he had to say. So let's go ahead and check in with the coach and the players after this one. We shot ourselves in the foot. And, um, you know, we scored a couple times and, and uh, self-inflicted, took those points off the board. So that's obviously very disappointing. Liked how our guys bounced back from the previous week, how what we were trying to do. And, uh, you know, with regards to running the football, I thought our defense played really well, limiting those guys to field goals and uh, giving us an opportunity. We were, we were kind of up against this year. Um, but, um, again, I'm, I'm really excited about the people in this in this locker room and the good people that are in this organization, um, there's been a lot of blessings as far as relationships and people um, uh, that really that really embody what it takes to be um, a winning culture and winning organization. You just have to continue to add the right people and get rid of the, the people that um, that are not um, a part of that winning culture. Just as a as a competitor, just wanting to grow. Of course, there's going to be things that are better, um, but. You know, there's the process of not just, hey, I want to be better. I want us to, you got to get the specifics. And that comes with, again, there's going to be a time after this to self-reflect and to watch the film, do a self-scout, figure out, you know, you know, figure out the things so I can put a plan together. Um, but that, that hasn't happened yet. So you just heard from the offensive guys there, Carly. They want to be able to take some time to reflect because this is one of those seasons, obviously you want to be able to learn from what went wrong this year, but you also want to use it as fuel going forward. And I think a lot of these guys, just hearing from them, you can expect them to be hungry next year, just given all the changes that's about to happen around here. Yeah, and even talking to some of the guys after the game, I think, you know, they're hungry to get back, but they will take, you know, that much needed time yeah. off. And, and we were talking to Al Wallace about this this morning, and he was like, listen, Bryce Young needs to go get on an island far yeah. away from football, far 
far away from everything. Yep. Yes, and just relax, yep. um, get your mind off everything. And then, like you said, there is going to be that point in time where you come back in the building, yep. you're ready to hit restart. Listen, well, I'm not a I'm not a college football player. I'm not an NFL football yep. player, but I know that even like at our jobs, yep. we have to take breaks sometimes um, to come back fresh and ready to go. And that's certainly the case for these NFL guys as well and the coaches. Um, so, yeah, going to be an interesting offseason for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you just they, there's pretty much been a lot of change the past <laughs> few years. I think the guys in the locker room that have been here for a while, they're used to a lot of the turnover. Of course, it's something you want to get accustomed to, but that's just life in the NFL. There's some days you might not have your guy in the locker room next to you the very next day. I mean, there's yeah. constant movement, constant shifting. So I think these guys are built for it. But right now, it's just – Turn the film off. Obviously, you want to watch the film from this game tomorrow. <laughs> right. But after that, take some time. Chill. It was a grueling season. We've been at it since late July in Spartanburg. And these guys, yeah. even before then, OTAs all throughout the summer, it's time to take a little bit of break. Learn from this year. Take some of the positives that you can take. Move forward. Get hungry. And just have a new staff come in. And hopefully we can get rolling next year. I like it so far. So we need to see that offense hit reset almost completely going into the offseason, into next season. But the defense, we're going to be talking about them coming up. And they have maybe a little bit more to build on. But we'll get to that here soon. All right, guys, now the end of the season is here. Reports say there's a good chance the Panthers will be making changes, and one includes sending Scott Fitterer packing. While he's gone just 14 and 37 in his three years as general manager, you can't say he didn't try. This is a look back at his tenure with the squad so far. When Carolina began its search for a new general manager at the end of the 2020 season, Scott Fitterer wasn't even on the team's radar. However, when his name did enter the picture, it wasn't long before the Panthers decided he was their guy. Just a breadth of experience and how he matched up. Fitterer came to Carolina fresh off a successful 20-year stint in Seattle. It is getting louder and louder. Before his promotion to the role of vice president of football operations in 2020, he helped the Seahawks win a Super Bowl as a scout during the 2013 season. This game is over! Hoping to utilize a similar plan with the Panthers, he began the job with plenty of optimism as well as high expectations. Our whole goal is to win the NFC South every year. We want to compete every year. But as he would soon learn, competing in Carolina was a lot easier said than done. In Fitterer's three years with the franchise, the Panthers never made the playoffs, be it as a wild card or a division winner. It's been that kind of day. Players came and went. Coaches did too. And yet there was Fitter, through it all, always confident they were on the verge of doing something great. We know we can do it. We know we have the talent to do it. We have to take that next step. Fitterer appeared to have done just that prior to this past season. He bet it all on a rookie quarterback named Bryce Young. But when the dust settled, the only thing Fitterer had to show for all of his hard work was a 2-15 record and zero first-round picks in the upcoming draft. I mean, really, when you think back to all we've seen over the last couple of years, it, it is easy to forget he has only been here for three years. But we've seen so much in that period. We went through the end of the Matt Rule era, then to Steve Wilkes, then to Frank Reich, then to Chris Tabor. In that period, we had Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Bryce Young, Andy Dalton, like all these different quarterbacks. So, I mean, that, that is quite a run for such a little time. Uh, and so it's easy to forget. I mean, it feels like he's been here for a while, but it's only three years. Yeah, and I think Scott Fitter gets the raw deal here just because now that we kind of know how much 
chaos there actually is going on. It's hard to fairly assess him. And if you're going to, with, with Matt Rule being in there, like apparently he didn't have final say on all the, the personnel. But if you judge him just on this year, then you're only giving him really one year of him having complete control. And it was a year that was just complete Unfortunately, the one year that he does have complete control turns out to be one of the worst years in the history of the franchise. So that definitely goes against him. But he's had the, the point is that he, he's had success elsewhere and that it makes you question why didn't that translate here? We obviously all know what those other factors are, but I'm interested to see how this this plays out. I do think just to get good vibes and everything in there, I do think you kind of need to just blow it up to bring in a new coach, bring in a new GM, maybe ones that work well together. I'm interested because the reports are out that David Tepper is hiring a consulting firm to help with this process that's all analytics-based. And I am very weary with analytics. This is why... He's been analytics for a long time. I get that, and I get he's an analytics guy. And analytics serve a purpose in sports. I'm not denying that. But, like, this is the one thing that drives me insane, especially with baseball, that wants to be so base or analytics driven is that that doesn't always work like at some point you need feel to take over and you just need competitors in there and sometimes analytics don't always show that I would agree yeah all right well we know the bucks are heading into the playoffs but both the saints and falcons were in the playoff chase entering today and they met in the big easy to finish the year those highlights just ahead and next in sports what has more promise moving forward the remainder of the hornet season the Panthers offseason. We're going to try to answer that question when CSL returns. All right, well, a lot needed to go right today for the Saints and the Falcons to make the playoff. None of which happened, but there was an entertaining game. Tied at seven in the first quarter, Desmond Ritter. He throws it to Bijan Robinson on the outside. It's a little low, but the rookie makes the play, takes it 71 yards up the sideline for the score and the lead. However, this game would be tied at 17 at the half. Saints have a big third quarter, though. They score two touchdowns. Here's the first one. I mean, are you kidding me? Watch this. Chris Olave. Watch the replay. I mean, just unreal focus to reel this one in. Derek Carr, by the way, 22 of 28 for 264 yards and four touchdowns. Insane grabs. Right, this game, not without controversy, though. Saints obviously have this one in the bag. They get a late interception and run it back to the one yard. And instead of kneeling it, they punch it in for another score. Dennis Allen said the plan was to kneel, but players did their own thing out there. Arthur Smith, not happy about it after the game. But what do you do? 48-17 the final. Saints and Falcons both eliminated from playoffs. So here's the final NFC South standings. Both the Bucks and Saints finishing 9-8. and eight. Tampa Bay gets the division title due to their higher win percentage in common games. The Saints were knocked out of the final NFC wildcard spot with Green Bay's win over the Bears. Falcons eh, probably met expectations this year. They finished 7-10. And, and then there's your Carolina Panthers at 2-15. and 15. They haven't been in the division race since September. That's a quick recap. But now it's time for the quickest two minutes in all sports. Meteorologist Andrew Brightman insisted on being back again, so we obliged. But we're always happy. Here, to I have just you. want to get your thought on that end game real quick. That last Falcons game. What do you think about that? Running up the score, yay or nay? They got an interception with like a minute. I get it. It's you not have, like does proper. That Mike, that's an no. alpha move. That's what I want to know. That's what I'm talking about. You're right on there. the alpha. Whatever. We gotta go. All right, Andrew, you are first. Describe the Panthers season. I'm gonna describe it kind of an analogy here. It's like when I had COVID. Didn't think it could happen to your team. Lasted way too long. Just when you thought it couldn't get worse, it did. And you were just hoping for it. And on top of that, 
devoid of hope. Again, no first round pick. At least if they still had their pick, they'd be picking number one overall. So it's almost like when I had COVID. You were devoid of hope when you had COVID? It was about, it was the sickest I've been in over 10 years. No joke. Okay, all right. Whiskey and honey. It got better. Yeah. All right, anyway, Mike, what was, oh, what no. has more promise moving forward? The remainder of the Hornet season or the Panthers off season? It's your turn. Ah. Uh. I guess the Panthers offseason, just because we know they're going to completely clean house, and we sort of know that the plan is, we don't know, it's a, it's a toss-up. I'll go Panthers. That was a so, lot. That's all I got for okay. you. That's a tough question. Andrew, which offense was more exciting this season, the Carolina Panthers or the Iowa Hawkeyes? I mean, for me, it's no contest. It's the Iowa Hawkeyes. First off, shout out my uh, anchor on the new Andy Satowski. They at least were a winning team. They actually, unlike the Panthers, actually scored over 40 points. In one they game. made a bowl game, right? Yeah, they got to a bowl game. And again, it was against Western Michigan. But hey, they got to the Big Ten championship game. At least they got to a championship game, unlike the Panthers offense. All right, Michael. Bryce Young be yes. the starter week one. Yes. You didn't even let me get the no, question out. <laughs> He's going to start week one. How do He's you know? Got, because he is. Okay. He's the franchise. It was just a question. He's going to start week one. Stop throwing Bryce under the bus. Okay, Andrew, who is your early Super Bowl favorite? You know, for me, I keep going back and forth, obviously, between the 49ers and the Ravens. I'm going to go 49ers here. I think that, you know, Flacco might have a revenge game potentially at some point against the Ravens this postseason. And, again, I just think Brock Purdy, just the – They've been on Christian McCaffrey, borderline MVP. It's just been an incredible season. I think they're going to pull it off this year. All right, Mike, what was the best part of AEW Collision last night? I just, I'm dying to hear this. Borrow a line from the great nature boy to the Hogans, the Savages, the Pipers, and the Flares. It was Ric Flair. Woo! And I paid homage to the man. Woo! Fantastic quality entertainment, guys. The one and only Mike Lissette. All right, it's a great time to be a Charlotte 49er. Both the men's and women's hoop team shining on the court this weekend. We'll show you how the ladies got the dub today coming up next. And what will be considered a lost season for the Panthers. We can't forget about one of the greatest individual seasons ever in Carolina history. Derek Brown broke an NFL record today. We're going to go one-on-one -on -one with him next. Charlotte women's basketball off to a hot start in their first season in the American Niners hosting UAB today in Halton Arena and Charlotte goes inside to Tracy Houston and this is just called getting buckets. A 19 point day for Houston. Charlotte needed some help though, down 16 in the second quarter. Olivia Porter comes up with the steal yeah, and give her the assist as well to J.C. Busick. Niners close out the half on a 16-7 run to trail by only 7 at the half. And they come all the way back to tie it in the third. Niners outscore the Blazers 30-12 in the third quarter. As Imani Smith there comes up with the steal and will take it in for the lead. A lead that Charlotte did not hand over. I said the Niners scored 30 in the third, but that was also the amount of points Deja Lawrence put up today herself. The Mallet Creek product had herself a day, and she leads Charlotte to a 91-69 win over UAB. Niners, a perfect 3-0 in conference play. And how about the Charlotte men's basketball team? They pulled off a great upset last night over 17th-ranked FAU. The final four team from last year, the Niners defeated the Owls 70-68. It was Charlotte's first win over a ranked opponent at home in 14 years. The last one, funny enough, coming back in 2010 against the then 50th-ranked Temple Owls. So there's a thing Owls don't do well all the all righty, back to the Panthers. You can't blame defensive tackle Derek Brown for the team's 2-15 record. He made NFL history today. And while it didn't get him a trip to the Pro Bowl, it did get him exclusive one-on-one -on -one time.
with Carla Gephardt after the game. All right, we've got Derek Brown joining us now, and I know, Derek, that this season has, you know, been very difficult as a whole, but taking that all aside, knowing today that you set a record in the league for defensive tackles, I just want to know what that means to you. Uh, man, I was excited. Um, you know, I, I, there's a lot of mixed feelings right now with the season coming to an end. You know, knowing how much work that the guys put in and, you know, for it to come to an end like this, you know, it sucks, but... Definitely excited about it. We saw all of your teammates, coaches, everyone come up to you after setting that. And how, what, just what does that mean to you to know that all of those guys support you so much? Uh, it's a family, man. And, uh, and I, I truly mean that when I say that. You know, we, all these guys have showed up to work all year, every day, and we practice hard. We practice hard. We practice hard. And, you know, unfortunately, it didn't translate uh, for us this year. But um, it's one of those things where, you know, we didn't have anybody sit out on us. Nobody, everybody showed up to play the last week. And, you know, sitting that. 2 and 15, 2 or 16 or whatever. And, uh, you know, some guys may not have done that. What are you most proud about when it comes to the defense this season? Just the, I mean, the staff showing up every single day with the same attitude. We worked. We worked, we worked, we worked. They showed up with the same attitude every single day. Nobody had any different standard. The standard was set for the room. And, uh, you know, even, even guys that didn't have as much production as they wanted, they were still bought in. Um, you know, it was one of those things where we just – I mean, we bought in like a brotherhood. I mean, I, I would say we're super close in that defensive room, and, uh, you know, hopefully most of their room stays, but, you know, it's a business thing. So, What's your biggest takeaway from Coach Averro and what he was able to bring here in Carolina? Uh, be consistent. Uh, he showed up, you know, no matter when we lost to Detroit by a bunch and, let, and we had a bad day on defense or no matter when we beat Houston or, you know, it, it, never, it never changed. His attitude never changed. It was always, man, we're going to get ready to go back to work. Celebrate this one in the locker room and guys go home and enjoy with your family and we'll be right back to work Monday morning. You've talked about what you're kind of going to take away from this. What do you want fans to know at the end of the season as you go off into the offseason? Uh, it was a rough one. Trust me. Uh, you know, they had to sit and watch it, but I had to endure it. So, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it, it's, it's got to be greener on the other side. You know, we uh, spent a lot of time in the Valley this year, so we climbing that hill and, uh, Hopefully the grass will be greener on the other side. I love that. I know you got a family. You're waiting to play dad when you get home, but what are your off-season plans right now? I don't know. I'm sure my <laughs> wife's got something booked for us, so uh, we'll see what happens is, uh, when I get home. I'm sure I'll get the whole schedule run down. Awesome. Thank you so much. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you. All right, well, that was Derek Brown, and we will hear from his teammates on defense as well because that side of the ball just continues to ball out. It's just ahead. And let's go ahead and glance at next season's opponents. We know who Carolina is playing, and we're going to tell you next on Charlotte Sports Live. All right, he got to show you once again, Bryce Young of the Panthers hosting Tampa in the season finale. Start in the second quarter, Young driving with no score. Finds DJ Chark for what should have been a 43-yard touchdown. Here's the thing. Chark lost the ball diving into the end zone. After review, the touchdown was overturned and ruled a fumble instead. Bucks get the ball. Fourth quarter now, Panthers down 9-0, and when it rains, it pours Young hit as he tries to get rid of it. That is a fumble recovered by Tampa, and that is your game. An appropriate end to what has been a disastrous season. Nine to nothing is the final. Wouldn't call I sound it appropriate, like but on par. Howard Cosell there. Yeah, no. Uh, not much to that highlight, but it is the best Carolina could muster today. They got shut out for the second time uh, in a row. First time that's happened in the NFL since the 2008 Browns. But, Grace, I'm told we got to look at the positives. And I know, I know I sound like a broken record. But, hey, the defense, once again, 
kept Carolina in it. Yeah, just like they have all season. Tampa only had 29 more yards of offense than the Panthers, and that's kind of really been the story with this team all season. Gabe and Carla, they've got a little bit more praise to give to the defense one final time from Bank of America Stadium. That's right, guys. Time to talk about the Carolina Panthers defense. And if you're looking at the defense as a whole, I think you have to be pretty impressed with what these guys were able to do under Coach Ajero Avero. Not only uh, were they able to really play smart in a lot of these games and finishing um, pretty well off in the yeah. NFL rankings yeah. as far as defenses go, especially going 2-15 and 15 on a season. Um, but so a lot of these guys were hurt most of the yeah. season, and they were able – you never really missed a step. Sure. And now I know the last couple of weeks um, before this last game with the Bucks, they were maybe not as great as we had seen them before. Sure. But I thought today was a little bit more – a little bit more of a bounce-back game. Absolutely. And this is probably the healthiest the defense has been in quite some time. And it just speaks to not only the depth they have on that side of the ball, but the coaching as well, to put guys certain positions to where they can fly around, move around, get to the ball and make plays. This team, who would have thought that we'd have a top five defense <laughs> despite a 2-15 and 15 record? That just speaks to the effort these coaches had, the players had, but one guy who obviously stands out and he has all season long, Derek Brown. Is it too late to get him <laughs> as a starter in the Pro Bowl? Seven Can tackles, we revote? a sack. Everybody wants to talk about the sacks. He got a sack today, got a couple quarterback hits, even a pass breakup. The guy's been playing out of his mind. And hey, he broke the record for most tackles by a defensive lineman. If that's not a Pro Bowl starter, I don't know what is, Carl. Also, you had J.C. Horn back in action today. Looked a little bit better, Stacking a little bit up. healthier. Yeah. A lot of PBUs for him. Xavier Woods with a nice pre uh, pass breakup yeah. to what probably would have led to another touchdown, uh, or the the only touchdown, I yeah. guess, by the Buccaneers. Uh, that's the kind of game that it was. Um, but yeah, the defense is has been remarkable this season, especially considering just the circumstances uh, around this team this season. But let's go ahead and check in with some of those guys in the locker room right now. With regards to running the football, I thought our defense played really well limiting those guys to field goals and uh, giving us an opportunity. I thought our special teams handled field position. Uh, it was a, definitely a, a windy day out there. Had to do some navigation through that. Uh, but the season's over now. And that's it. Since I've taken over, it's about the tape. How, how, what does your tape say? I mean, yes, 0-16 is horrible. Uh, this, this isn't much better. Um, and, what, what, you know, how, how you go from here is, is obviously it's going to talk a lot about how you are as a person. With all the adversity we face, um, like I said, I feel like there's levels that we ain't tapped into yet. And I feel like that's uh, the greatness that we can, you know, accomplish with the same core guys, same staff. And let's like just, just run it back, you know, let's see how, how we can do. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, I kind of treat every season as, as its own, you know. Uh, like, so I guess in, in, in your instant, I would say I'll wipe the slate, you know. Um, I always try to find ways to improve, but, you know, you never want to dwell on a, on a down season or you never want to dwell on um, the overall team success that wasn't, you know, what we thought it would be um, just because you don't want that to repeat. So with me, I learn from it, move on, clean the slate, and, uh, you know, get back to work. So Brian Burns, one of the guys we just heard from there, obviously his future is in question. Came into this season, went through training camp without an extension. Now that rookie deal is up. So really that's one of the main questions. Is he going to be back? It seemed pretty solemn today. He did his spidey pose coming out of the tunnel. It kind of, you know, made you shed a tear if you're a fan. It's like, is this the last time that we're going to see this? Yeah. But certainly a guy who put his best, mm -hmm. fo best foot forward today and really all season long, despite everything he's been through, he's certainly been another bright spot on the unit as well. Not only that, but just what he means to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. He's one of those guys that's been here for now, you know, obviously over four years. Yeah. And just to see, you know, he knows what keep pounding means. True. He knows what the veterans that have come before him, kind of what 
Carolina is supposed to look like. Right. And I think that's the value that he adds to this team outside of his playing capabilities is just uh, the way that he responds to his teammates. Seeing them at practice even earlier this week mm -hmm. at 2 and 14 before this game, patting each other on the back. For he sure. is just the culture yeah. of, I think, that defense. And a lot of those guys are as well. So certainly uh, we'll have to wait and see yeah. uh, if he's going to come back to Carolina. But there's a lot of question marks really on a lot of other guys too. And I know we talked about it on Black and Blue Kickoff Live, but Frankie Louva, you yeah. kind of – want to see him you back. Can, you but can't let him out of the building. He's uh, one of those guys you got to build around. And honestly, you look at Coach Averro, he's going to be possibly up for a head coaching job. But a lot of these guys want him to stick around regardless of who comes in. Now, we all know coaches come in. They, want, they may want to bring in their guys, but they also evaluate. You do see some holdover. And he definitely did a great job with them this year. But this 3-4 defense, there was a lot of questions about it going to a completely different scheme. Yep. I think these guys definitely made the most of the switch. And it could be a good building block moving forward. Yeah, even Etor Grossmatos yeah. came in with a sack today. A lot of questions marks right. uh, surrounding his career and now even if it's not with Carolina uh, moving forward uh, you got to think that he you know made an impression this season. No absolutely and then another guy too you know you would have liked to have seen Jeremy Chin we talked a lot about yeah. him all throughout the season only played in about 40 percent of the snaps this year primarily a special teamer so he's a guy that came on strong as a rookie that we all saw him play a little bit more closer to the line of scrimmage we thought that was going to be the case this year obviously things happened he did he was on IR for a little bit as well that definitely had a little bit to do with it we thought he was going to get traded that didn't happen right. but he's another guy you would like to see him here because of what he does in the community and the kind of guy he is in the locker room. But he also got a – it's a bit of a numbers game. So that's one thing we're definitely going to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, a lot of numbers to crunch for yeah. the front office and a lot of moving parts to go as we get into the offseason. We're going to keep talking about the Carolina Panthers here at Bank of America Stadium. But we're going to look a little bit further into the future and more things that we need to see from this franchise to hopefully not ever have a season like this again, guys. Hopefully not. Well, with the regular season complete, Carolina's 2024 opponents are now set. The Panthers will have nine home games next season. So along with their usual NFC South matchups, the Giants, Cowboys, Cardinals, Chiefs, Chargers, and Bengals will all visit the bank. And then the Panthers will hit the road to face the Eagles, the Commanders, Bears, Broncos, and Raiders. Vegas! There you go. Dates and times for these games will be announced on the spring schedule release day. Well, we're transitioning back to the Panthers offense next on Charlotte Sports Live. Hard to believe that there are once calls to cut Cuba Hubbard early in his career. What? We're talking to number 30 about his staying power next. Well, back here on Charlotte Sports Live. And when you can't pass the ball, it's natural to turn to the run game instead. And this was a prove-it year for running back Chuba Hubbard. And he certainly stepped up when his number was called. He caught up after the game with our Carla Gebhardt. All right, that's right. We are here with Chuba Hubbard after the latest loss for the Carolina Panthers, the final one of the season. I know this was a, a really difficult game, especially to have two almost touchdowns in this one. How difficult was it uh, just to kind of think about that? Yeah, I mean, obviously it hasn't been the year we wanted to. Obviously we wanted to end it on the right note, but uh, just came up short. Um, it's tough. It's been a tough year, but, you know, we're looking to, to rise from this and, and grow from it and, you know, come in 2024 as a, a new and better team. And the running game really kind of improved as the season went on. Obviously, another uh, good ru rushing attack in this game, over 130 yards by your room. What do you see from the growth of just the running backs that so far this season? Uh, I mean, we have a great running back room, um, a dynamic group. Everyone kind of brings their own little game to it. But, um, you know, I'm proud of my guys. I'm proud of Miles. I'm proud of Raheem, um, Spencer, all the guys that we got in there. We've been grinding all year, even Tariq. So 
um, just ready to build off and go into it next year. You're proud of them, but they're also proud of you. A lot of your teammates, uh, are, you're the first name that they kind of talk about when it comes to what you've embodied this season and the hard work that you've put into your game. What does that mean to you? Uh, to be honest, I've been doing this since my rookie year, and uh, I don't really want to make it about me. But, you know, people have been down me since then. People have <laughs> saying I've been I should be cut uh, since my rookie year. So I just work hard. You know, I have a great team. I have great coaches around me, great support staff, and I just keep working. So I'm blessed. What's your biggest takeaway from this season? My biggest takeaway? That's tough. I think just grow, grow in any, in any way possible, whether it's a little bit or a lot, just grow and I think we'll be in a better shape for next year. Yeah, and obviously a difficult season. What is something that you might want fans to know? That this isn't going to be forever. I know it's been rough in Carolinas for the last couple years, but we're going to rise from this. This ain't, this ain't going to be forever. We're going to rise from this. I know it's been a tough, tough time, but just keep faith and stay close. We're coming. All right, I love that. Any off-season plans before I let you go? Uh, I'm going to rest a little bit, then yeah. I'm getting back to work. Okay. Big year, 2024. All right, sounds good. Thanks so much, Chuba. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap on the 2023 season for your Carolina Panthers. But before we can fully dive into the offseason that starts tomorrow, we will take a look back at this season one last time. And sneaker fashion, unfortunately, is not something we usually talk about on Carolina Sports Live, but that changes tonight. Up next, we're going to meet the guy who is taking Carolina's shoe game to the next level. We got more CSL in two. Here's a final look at the Panthers' 2023 schedule and how they fare. Lots of bells on this graphic. We're going to have to buy our producer Joey a new red pen <laughs> because his ran all out of ink. 15 L's to be exact. The only wins coming in week 8 against Houston and week 15 against Atlanta. But let's get one final wrap up of the season from our crew out of Thanks America Stadium. So I know we've already mentioned this several times on the show, but the Carolina Panthers do end the season at 2-15. and 15. They're the first team to hit that 2-15 and 15 mark since the league expanded to 18 weeks. Again, not something that you want to hit as a franchise, but hopefully you look at this season as a, a big learning opportunity. And, I mean, there's so many things that they need to do to fix this franchise. But I think on the offense, the first thing you've got to think is protect Bryce Young yeah. and get weapons around him. No, absolutely. I mean, this is the guy that he made all that move to get. You want to be able to put him in the best position to do his thing. We saw what he did at Alabama. You want to see that possibly be replicated in the NFL. you got to get him some help. That should be the top priority for this team going into the offseason, along with Signing a few other free agents. A guy like Derrick Brown is the first one to come yeah. to mind. I know he's on his fifth year option next year, but you better pay the man because he's a guy that you can build around. He's a foundational piece. We've seen that all season long. He definitely proved his worth this year, Carla. Yeah, I think you saw that in just the interview after the game, just how much uh, these guys around him yeah. really, what they mean to him. And certainly this is a, a hard time for a lot of these players yeah. too, right? Their whole locker room kind of gets torn apart. All the guys that they've, yeah. you know, made 18 weeks the right. offseason, uh, spent getting to know, getting to know their families and, and everything, really. Uh, it's just a difficult time yeah. in the league and certainly want to address that but there is hope and I do yeah. think the hope is around Bryce Young For sure. and I think there's hope in the fact that we know that the moving parts are coming and we know that they the franchise wants to get better um, it's just a matter of when those moves come and who they get to replace a lot of people yeah, absolutely we've seen owner David Tepper he is going to do whatever he can to put yep. this team and this franchise 
in the position to win. So he's going to make all the moves. He'll come up with whatever money he has to. He's going to try to build the best staff possible and really get this franchise turned around because we haven't had a winning season since he's taken over. He certainly wants to see a better product on the field. These fans do. These fans deserve it, and we all want to see it as well. So he's going to do whatever he can. He's going to take some time. There are reports that, he, reports that he's getting a search firm. We'll see how that comes together right. in terms of building the staff. But there is hope, Carla. There's yeah. hope. The 2-15, and 15, <laughs> it's behind us now. The game's officially over. The, yep. the, hit triple zeros. It's done. Now it's time to wipe the slate and get this team together and move forward for 2024. Yeah, you mentioned the fans, and kudos to all the fans yeah. that stuck around for this 2-15 and 15 season, the ones that showed up at yeah. the bank every single Sunday uh, that we were here. They deserve a QC crown, but there's actually one moment, at least for us here at the bank, uh, that really stands out today. It doesn't yeah. go to the fans. It goes to a former player, and we'll let you know who that is coming up. All right, that's a cliffhanger. Let's pause for a moment to talk now about something very important. We're talking about football fashion. We have now reached officially the next level of sneaker fandom. We're talking about custom shoes. And if you watch on game days, you'll find dozens of Panthers who indulge. So where do, these, where do they find these custom shoes? Let's just say, I know a guy. It's a shoe. That's all it is, right? To some, sure. But not Michael Griffin. Sneakers tell the story of your life. This pair has got quite the tale. A real rags-to-riches story. It's how one Charlotte man literally started from the bottom to become a sneaker king. My whole thing was other people didn't believe in me, so I was like, well, I don't believe in myself. It was 2020, and life had hit the 31-year-old hard. He was living with his dad and not quite sure of his purpose. Then one day began thinking about what he was passionate about. And it all came back to shoes. It's a true expression of who you are. But what happens when wearing a pair of Nikes just isn't good enough? Griffin wanted to do something more. He wanted to make the shoe pop. Being able to do custom, you can make something that's truly you. A great idea in theory, if he had the art materials and an actual art background. Two things Griffin severely lacked. What he did have, however, was a stimulus check and a woman who believed in him. He is very determined. If he says he's gonna make something happen, he always makes it happen, no matter what. And so the two set out on making the impossible happen. Money was tough to come by, but that didn't stop Griffin from becoming a master of his craft. It's not gonna happen overnight, so I just got it in my mind that this is something I wanted. Before long, Griffin got pretty good. However, he still needed a break. Then one day, just prior to the start of the 2022 season, opportunity came calling. I got in front of Brian Burns and got his shoe size and told him I wasn't trying to make a sale, um, that I wanted to get my work out there and I bet on myself. And that truly is what changed our life um, at work. Burns liked what he saw. He became a client and soon a lot of his teammates did too. LaVisca Chenault Jr., Derek Brown, Frankie Luvo, Xavier Woods, Tuba Hubbard. The names keep on coming, but Griffin isn't running low on ideas. This one worn by Adam Thielen on Christmas Eve is based on The Grinch. It has TVs in it. Adam could have technically watched clips from the movie during timeouts. Crazy? It depends on who you ask. <laughs> I personally like how cool. They're definitely unique. But then again, so is the pair Griffin tossed up in the power line the day he and his wife opened up their custom shoe store last summer. We're chasing a dream. We're working hard, and that's what it comes down to. It's quite a story, and it's only getting started. Now, it's hard not to get caught up in the fun. These shoes that I'm wearing, 
They may not have TVs in them, but they do promote a TV show. Check it out, one of a kind. What are those? Air BBKLs, they don't make me <laughs> jump higher. But as my producer Joey will tell you, my read rate has never been sharper. Now, uh, we're gonna watch me moonwalk, I guess, as we go to break. Back in a couple minutes. Oh my God. Not gonna do it. All right, well, before we close things out, as we always do with our QC crowns, we're gonna send it back out to Bank of America Stadium. One last crown from the bank from Carlin Gabe. That's right, it's time for our QC crown, and it goes to a very special moment here at Bank of America Stadium to start the second half, and it goes to a guy that we get to spend every Sunday morning with us. Yeah, absolutely. Al Wallace getting to be lame, the legend of the year. Just an incredible <laughs> honor for one of our good friends. Definitely somebody that we've all enjoyed getting to know and work with, and truly a great honor for a great man who still does a lot in the community. Of course, played here for five years, part of the team that made it to the Super Bowl, still very active in the community, and he showed a little bit of power he when did. he was banging that keep pounding drum, so it's certainly a great well-deserved honor for a great man, and uh, he, it's good, too, also the inaugural Legend of the Year. So he laid the foundation. That's right. Now he's going to have to see some guys <laughs> come after him. So shout-out to Al Wallace, a great guy, well-deserving the honor, and it was great to see that today. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, guys, if you can beat that QC crown because Al Wallace, that kind of tops them all, yeah. at least for <laughs> us. So what do you have? Yeah, how about our guy Al? Congratulations to him. Well, our crown tonight goes out to South Carolina women's basketball. The top-ranked Gamecocks improved to a perfect 14-0 with an 85-66 win over Mississippi State. USC has now won 56 of its past 57 games. That one loss coming to Iowa in last year's Final Four. Yeah. Well, we just had our final game of the season. You made it, Panthers fans. We did it. Now begins the offseason. For Michael said, I'm Grace Grill. Have a good night.